Weather is brought to you by Casasa at Neighborhood Credit Union. What's Casasa? Sounds like a really bad sausage. It's a neighborhood uh, or, credit union. Or a really good uh, credit spaghetti union? sauce. Or an awesome. And awesome. what? An awesome. <laughs> what? Or an awesome <laughs> neighborhood credit union. Boy, did, did I get enough sleep last night? Because I'm morphing into you, and that's frightening so you, the hell you really, out of me. Well, frightening so, the hell um, out of me. This may be the best cup of coffee I've had at a, at a golf course. Wow, that's saying something. We've been to a lot of golf courses. So come on out and get a cup of coffee. And Craig is at a fechionado of coffee. A what? So. Fechionado? Isn't it a fechionado? No, fechionado. No. No, because I said that one time before. It's not a fechionado. <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying. It's <laughs> wrong. Well, you like coffee. How about yes. that? Yeah, we'll keep it like that. Yeah. How awesome it was. We had we had Vinny on baseball. We had Chick Hearn for mm-hmm. the Lakers. We had Dick Enberg doing the the Angels and the Rams. Yeah. I I didn't I didn't listen. I wasn't. Brian Gumble started out there on Channel Four. Yeah. He was good. I mean, it, we were we might have been we might have had some of the best announcers ever. You could have stopped at Chick and Vinny. Yeah. Uh, Chick Hearn was the best. Oh come on, Dick was pretty good. Well, I but I didn't listen Enberg, to. I mean, yes, uh, later in his career, I didn't listen to. <laughs> Mark that. I'll mark that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a drop at some point, but let's let's try not to. Let's let's hold our maturity a little bit. I'm gonna put it right on the line. There've been a lot of complaints already. Fooling around on the course, bad language, smoking grass, poor caddying. So if you guys want to get fired, if you want to be replaced by golf carts, just keep it up. All right, one announcement. Carl Lipbaum died last week in summer school from a severe anxiety attack. I heard he swallowed his vomit during a test. However it happened, he was a good caddy and a good kid. He was a brown nose, Lou. You hated him. Shut up. That means the caddy scholarship is available again, and anyone who's interested should go see Judge Smales. And kiss his ass. That would help. All right, let's move out. We got golfers waiting. Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 The Ticket. And if it's Saturday morning, you've got the key box. I'm Rick Arnett. Normally Craig Rosengarten here. We're with Avid Golfer Magazine and IdealGolfer.com. But Craig is in Vegas helping out one of our junior tour events. And it's snowing out there in Vegas. So in his stead, we only bring the best because you need the best to fill in for Craig. Conrad Schindler, tour pro. A&M uh, grad, proud Aggie, been on before, and a fervent P1, one I'm of the best. Glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me this week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope everyone's uh, nice and full. You know what? I One day, I looked back and I saw the average calories consumed on Thanksgiving. I think per person, it's over 3,000. It's one day of the year. It's fine. I know. I know. You just wear loose pants. You see, Justin, Justin Thomas kind of got it, everybody, about Thanksgiving. What did he say? He was talking about 
you know, on Twitter, he was like, if Thanksgiving, if the Thanksgiving meal is so good, how can we only do it once a year? Mm-hmm. You know, don't get at me. And mm-hmm. so he kind of he kind of threw some hardball at people there. Yeah, it's true, though. I mean, turkey is eh, turkey's OK. I'm more of a spiral ham guy myself. But uh, anyway, we are at the greatness of Crest Cars today. It's the last Saturday of the month. It's November 30th. So if you want to deal. And here's the thing. It's a little bit drizzly outside. This is the day. You can make a deal. You can always make deals at Crest, but we have Crest Infinity, Crest Cadillac, and then over in Plano, uh, uh, between Park and Parker, we have uh, Crest Volvo. So all three will make your day. Buy yourself an early Christmas present. Treat yourself. Why not? Everyone should get something nice. It's good stuff. We have Kern out here engineering. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good to have you back. Oh, it's great to be back. Back at the station, Jay King. Bravo on the open. Hello, hello. uh, Thank you. If... If I'm going to put in a request for programming, I say we either do an hour of just e-breaks or just we just pull up our shows and take like what you do for the open and make that the hour leading into this show. Oh man, that would be fun. I you would have a great time doing that. There's I would no have doubt. a lot I can of fun. See you, I can always see you rubbing your hands together, and I'm always I'm always anticipating. And half the stuff you bring up, I've forgotten about. So that's even better. I like it's to like mix a little bit of old with a little bit of new. It's like listening to it again for the first time. Uh, we also have Samuel Hale doing tickers today, twice an hour. Good morning to you. Good morning, modifi- modified golf. Modified golf. So does anybody? Did golf. anybody have any weird, weird side dishes for Thanksgiving? I don't think we had anything that was. Usually, you find that stuff when you go to somebody else's house, and you have to deal with their tradition. Anything for you, Conrad? We had, you know, we had uh, some family in, and they brought some cauliflower. Um, mm. I mean, I know s- some people in our family like cauliflower, but that was probably the most untouched side dish that we had. It's usually some kind of weird-looking, mysterious jello mold. Yeah, no, not quite no, sure what's no what's fruit cakes or anything. You know, that, no, that's Christmas. Yeah, well, I mean, so what kind of pies? If people are already listening to Christmas music November second, then they'll bring Christmas dishes at Thanksgiving. So let's say we, we had a a. We had a pumpkin bunt cake, which was pretty good, and we had a chocolate fudge pie and a pecan pie. We just had pecan and pumpkin, mm-hmm. but two staples that always work. I like pumpkin, but the consistency is a little, and I'm a big pudding guy. It's almost like pudding with crust. It is, yeah. It's it's uh, a little different, but mm-hmm. always hits the spot. Yeah. Kern, anything outlandish? My sister's on a keto diet, so Uh-oh. she brought cauliflower rice and... Cauliflower rice is underrated, if you, especially if you make, like, fried rice with it, mm-hmm. put an egg in there and some other stuff. She just had plain Did, cauliflower Is that touched? Rice. No. <laughs> That's always defeating, right? It's like when you bring a dish to a party or whatever, and yours is the only one that's untouched. It looks so lonely. It's such a slap in the face. Jay, anything weird? We usually don't eat anything too weird, but a couple members of our family have celiac, so we have to make everything gluten-free as well. What's... What kind of malady is that? I'm not, I know what it. I, I've heard of it. I just don't know what it. You is. essentially just can't eat anything with gluten in it. Like my uncle has never been able to go to a fast food restaurant in his life because he can't eat gluten. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. And Samuel. So I did Thanksgiving at the Cowboy game this year for the station. So we had their uh, shindig. So the the pregame meal was all your Thanksgiving favorites: turkey, you know, mashed potatoes, stuffing, the whole deal. Uh-huh. But what made it a little odd is that we had our normal po- uh, halftime meal, which is like kosher hot dogs, nacho <laughs> bar, fried chicken. So perfect. If you, it's wonderful because like you, right. you do nacho the big meal bar. before the game starts. Halftime comes, you're kind of hungry again, 
and then layeth before you just a magical bounty all for free of wonderful food. Okay, so real quick, and I realize football is only one game a week, and and basketball, baseball, and hockey have multiple games sometimes. Uh, have you covered every team so far, Samuel? Yes, I've covered all four majors and both major college, uh, all three major college football programs. Okay, so rate the media food. Uh, Cowboys food. number uh, one, and it's not and even. They don't, they don't charge you, do they? No, it's all free and it's all That's, delicious. Okay. Uh, number two is probably the Rangers, if because you do pay for it, but it is a buffet, so you you pitch till you win on that, and and the food's usually pretty good. Uh, what they what they charge you? I think it's twelve fifty, but it's Ooh. a full it's a full buffet. And you can go back as much as you want. They got you know ice cream Put machines. Do you pay for it later too? Uh, I have at times. <laughs> I have at times. Uh, number three Last is miles pr- the longest. Probably the stars because they give you. Uh, stuff in the press box. It's not that extensive, but it is free. And number four is the Mavericks. Probably it, it, it's probably the easiest way to go. But the Cowboys are number one, and it's not even remotely close. All right, no I, colleges. Uh, you know, it kind of depends on the college. Uh, they're, they're popcorn good. is the Mavericks just popcorn? Is uh, that so why it's if you don't buy the pregame meal for the Mavericks, you don't get anything at halftime. But yes, it's popcorn and soda, and that's re- really knocks them down. In the pregame meal, uh, you know. They should take better care of media people. They need to be healthy. It could be different, though, for college football. You get an 11 o'clock kick versus a, a 7 Have a brunch. o'clock. And, you know, well. Have an Aggie brunch. I will say high school football is an underrated place to get food. If you ever do, like, and stringing or, like, calling. Really? Yeah, like, when I did, I know, I think, Jay, have you done high school football, too? Yes, I did. So, like, it, like we, I did Denton uh, ISD football for a year. And so we went around the Denton stadiums, and we went to a couple other places, and the food was ridiculous. And a couple of my friends... Mm. Who have like written high school gamers? We'll go to like Arlington or Flower Mound, and they'll they'll just tell me, "Hey, man, the food's really good." Best part about Alito making the playoffs every year was the press box food. Wow, they always stacked it. Oddly enough, the one place that I didn't get food when I covered high school was when I went to Jerry World for a playoff game. We had to pay yes, for our own food. Yes, same to me. Interesting, interesting. Well, if you rate the the pro tournaments here, I'm thinking it's a fairly dead even. It, that was it. When it was at the Four Seasons, it was pretty top notch. When it moved over to Trinity Forest, it's good, but it's it's not over the top. And then Colonial, for the longest time, used to do cold cuts and hamburgers, and they were okay as long as you had. But they had beer. They had they had a keg after the tournament, so made our writing a little bit easier. At least we thought we were better than we were. So there you go. All right, it is uh, eight eleven on the ticket. Let's get this shindig going. This is brought to you by Ideal Golfer. Don't forget to check out Prairie Lakes. And they have a, a free barbecue sandwich, the Edelman's barbecue sandwich, for only twenty four bucks. OSD Ranch out near Weatherford, fun track, only nineteen dollars. And we have a rangefinder. Okay, so here's the deal about the rangefinder. Everybody has one pretty much now, unless they have a GPS on their watch or whatever. Um, but they're anywhere from you know, it might be go buy a cheap one for a hundred and fifty, but no, they're a couple hundred bucks, maybe a little bit higher if you start getting the slope and the humidity and the God knows what else on there. Cheat sheets on. We have one for sixty nine. Still got to hit the shot. Come Still got to hit the shot. This one's this one is sixty nine ninety five, and um, and it does exactly what you need it to do. Look at the flag. See how far you are. Look at a tree. Look at a hazard. And if if you already have one, it's a great backup because we all lose them. Yes. And yeah. losing a sixty nine dollar one is not nearly as as painful as a three hundred dollar one. Yeah, that's a punch to the gut. Yeah. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, up next. Well, we're going to start peppering Conrad Schindler with some questions. And the first one is, everybody has this fancy that they're a pretty good stick. They're a Romo-type 
maybe a plus one scratch golfer. How far are they away from the big boys making an actual living? Conrad's going to tell you next. Hey, the greatness of Club Corp and their one membership brings you this segment. You join any of the, might be at least 12 Club Corp uh, country clubs in the Metroplex. Join one, you can play the other ones. It's like you join 12 country clubs and food is half price. So check it out at clubcorp.com. All right, 8.30. One golfer is going back to the scene of the crime. And they're doing something at the Dunhill, the Alfred Dunhill. That They've got several tournaments on the European Tour, Alfred Dunhill. I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, every time I, I never know which one it is. But uh, they're doing something kind of uh, unique, and I think it's going to spread quickly. I just do. It's that time. We have uh, Conrad Schindler, tour player, filling in for Craig Rosengarten today. Craig is working the a junior tournament out in uh, in Vegas today. No, no, Kalanat. No, colonoscopy <laughs> for him this week. He still can't say it. Okay, he still can't colonoscopy. Say it. Yeah, it's I not, know. It's not that hard. I know. Well, we still love him. Though. He has issues. Uh, and then at uh, eight fifty, we'll get in. It's ten years since Tiger. Tiger's debacle. And there was a really interesting story. The people that were involved and what's happened to them since. It's not a pretty picture. Tiger came out probably the best of all of them. Pretty interesting. And then at nine ten, nine thirty, we're going to ask the pro. I always love doing this when we have a bona fide tour player on because their games and their lifestyles are a little bit different. Their skill level is different. What they have to face is different. Um, everything that you think is cool, maybe not necessarily so. Maybe not everything is also glamorous. And you'll be able to tweet us at Arnett Rick and at... C. Schindler Golf. With no C after S. No C in Schindler. So Schindler's List without the C. There you go. So to, And we'll put those up uh, between 9, 10, and... And 950. All right, but first, so I'm looking at uh, how tough it is to make a living. Now, if you're a Phil Mickelson that's been in the top 50, he just bounced out of the top 50 since 93. To do that for that many years is ridiculous because you have, well, you could have a tiger issue. You could have an injury. You could have a bad, you just have the yips, whatever, right? And then there's people that are usually, sometimes they can make a living every year, and other times they're fighting for their life. So I read this thing the other day, Conrad, where somebody said, if you think you're, you have the, the chops to be a pro golfer, let's say you're Tony Romo, who, who still have these, these wild delusions. You've played with Tony. I mean, he's, a, he's a, maybe a plus one, maybe a scratch on a normal pedestrian golf course that doesn't have high rough. Correct. 14 stint greens, not playing from, you know, 8,000 yards. But when he plays against you guys, he's at least six strokes outside the cut every time. That's the best. So when you're when you're you and you are a, you know, a definitely a plus and you've won on the Corn Ferry Tour, used to be the Nationwide Tour, um, when I look at guys like trying to make a living, they say the best thing to do is go – Go play a guy that's on the Adams Tour, Tight Lies, or just one of those lower-rung tours. Do a home-and-home. Home. You get to play in his course one round. You get to play in your course for one round, and you bet whatever. And if you can make money doing that, now you can maybe achieve the next step. Fair assessment. What what I can tell you from, you know, I played several years of developmental tour, so the APT Tour, formerly the Adams Tour, uh, played in Canada, played in uh, overseas in Korea. That's the McKenzie Tour, right? 
Yes, McKenzie Tour in okay. Canada now. Uh-huh. And what I can tell you, even at the at the bottom rung of the APT Tour, uh, every guy out there can shoot 65. So that's that goes without saying. Every one of those tournaments, the winner is 20-some-odd under par, barring a freak week of weather. And that doesn't even count the Monday qualifiers. Correct. If you shoot a 66, you're on the outside looking in. Yeah, most of the time you are. And occasionally you have the random one. Um, you know, I had I actually Monday qualified for Greenbrier this year, and I got in a playoff at three under. <laughs> but we had just some hard wins. The greens were really, really firm. Uh, it was in a remote location, so you only had 50 guys trying to play for four spots as opposed to 150. So occasionally that happens. But What do they charge for that? What's your entry fee? Uh, for me, it's just $100. But for your average guy that has no status associated with the PGA Tour or whatever, it's going to be five hundred. Wow. It's you okay. two fifty for the pre qualifier, which it, you have to first do on Thursday. Sure. So you have to qualify just to get into the qualifier, and sometimes even those scores, you've got to shoot four under, three under to just advance to the Monday qualifier. So in that one year when Patrick Reed, before he became a mainstay, had won. He qualified for like six out of eight Monday qualifiers. I played with him for when he Monday qualified for the Nelson at Lan- we were at Lantana. Yeah, and he, uh, I think he birdied probably it was about three of his last four. Maybe he birdied his last four. His wife Caddy? She was. Uh-huh. But that's it's just so so. There's that. Those are those are just to to get into Monday qualifier. Now, very rarely do you, if you even get Monday qualifier, do you even make the cut? Correct. After that, yeah. I mean, these guys are just. When I played with, I played in the in the Soros shootout, and I was the worst stick. I'm about a seven. I was the worst stick, and these guys, one guy shot. Don't sell yourself short. Seven under, <laughs> uh, seven under. I think he was because we we played uh, shamble, so right. we all got to hit from the best. But a lot of times it was his drive, and he's no bigger than me, and just crushes it. And and I look at him, and I said, "Man, you're you're light years ahead of me." I I feel, and I'm thinking if he tried to make it up with you guys, he'd be he'd be just trampled the biggest difference when you see guys that they could beat your club that are uh, plus handicaps Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest thing i see everyone can hit the ball great there are guys at my club that are scratch or plus handicaps that i think hit the ball just as good as i do Mm -hmm. maybe maybe not as uh, straight sometimes like i may be more consistent but they still have the capability to hit the shots just as flush just as pretty the biggest problem, though, is the fact that most people honestly don't know how to hole out inside four feet. There's so many times they're playing with their buddies. They just hey, give up. That's yeah, good. that's good. Flip it back. Yeah, go it's, play one tournament where everything got to play everything down and put everything out. That kills you. And it, they watch, you know, people that watch us, most of the time we never miss inside three feet. But I, I you, do when, be, you do Thursday and Friday. Absolutely. Those are the guys that are messing up. By the weekend, those are the guys that are the hot golfers, so they're not going to miss them. But I'd, but I'd be lying if I told you there's not times in competition that I have a two-foot putt. It could be inside two feet that it grabs your attention. It's still breaking. Especially the greens you miss are one still prior. fast. And, exactly. And most of the time, people don't know how to hole out. And as crazy as that sounds, it's, it's the it's – the, ultimate goal of the game so you look at uh like oakmont country club they have a very big uh game they play every saturday Mm -hmm. and they have they kind of do it randomized with the a b c and d player at oakmont and whoever records the winning score for their hole they must hole out that's just their rule they don't care if it's an inch or a foot right you're gonna hole out and it does prepare you 
it, but you don't see that much in, in country club golf. So that's where, you know, you see these guys that could be 34 and they're like, Hey Rick, you know, you're, but you are a great player. You shoot 68 right. and everything. You, you got to go give it a go. So I think that's a huge aspect of it. But another part of it is, is again, the game inside 60 yards as mm-hmm. well and being able to have the deft touch capitalizing on your opportunities. If you get it greenside in a par five, being able to get up and down, getting out of your, getting out of jams, miss a fairway, mm-hmm. have to hit it back out to 80 yards, being able to get up and down or at least give yourself a chance. And the professionals have a better job of managing mistakes. They're not compounding. They minimize them. Correct. We try yes. to hit the miracle shot. Correct. And we have so much faith that sometimes sometimes the miracle shot's fine because we know we – as crazy as it sounds, it may look like a miracle, but we've been in those situations so much. We mess around so much on the range figuring the shots out. We know how to execute them. So, but we also know when to take our medicine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing, too, is just, you know, you got to bite the bullet and you say, you know, everyone wants a bogey free round. That's nice. Everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just got to say, I, I just got to take my medicine. I'll probably make bogey. Maybe I'll make par. But just trying not to compound anything. And, that's such a mental side to the game that I think your commoner who could be a one or two plus handicap at your club may struggle with. Well, Hank Haney used to say, and I, and I totally agree with this, and if you, if you take this verbatim, it, it makes a lot of sense. So if you want to shoot a, your, one of your best rounds of golf, no penalty shots, uh, get, get your shot on the green the first try, and don't three-putt. Yeah, it's still, I know it sounds easy, but it, it's not even close to being easy. But it rings so true in the professional game too. Um, most of the time, you're not gonna we're not gonna miss the green with our chip shot. Sometimes you mm-hmm. try to get cute and you miss one, but if it's your bad rounds, you look back, you're gonna have a three putt. You probably hit one in the lake, or I would even say the professional game. If you hit it in the trees and have to punch out, that's a penalty shot yep. in the professional level. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, for any amateur, those big three things. In a, I don't care if you're scratch or a 18 handicap. If you can minimize those three things, that's gonna be your biggest difference maker. And especially like around the greens, I see people struggle with. I've missed a green by two steps, sand wedge, lob wedge. i got to do this. And I can't tell you how many times chunk. I get in pro-ams and guys are missing greens or whatever, and I see them chunk one chip. And the next Put time it. they go back for their sand wedge, I said, leave the sand wedge. I said, either bring your putter mm-hmm. or your hybrid. Yep. And yep. we're gonna, we're just going to get you on the green. Mm-hmm. And I've, had, I've taught that to people in pro-ams, and four holes later we've gotten within 60 yards of the green. And they'll just pull out their hybrid and <laughs> just bounce it up. And I'm like, but I, my whole deal's like, that's great because a 60-yard little pitch shot's actually very hard. Requires really good timing, really good hands, and a guy that plays once every two weeks doesn't necessarily have that shot in his arsenal. So, you know, it, it takes a little courage to actually just want to hit that hybrid and just get it on the green. But I applaud it because I'm like, okay, you're learning. You're just mm-hmm. trying to shoot the best score possible. It doesn't matter how just how many yeah when i watch romo try and qualify or play in one of these uh, uh tour events i just look straight for the for the the others the big numbers and it usually happens because he'll get birdies but then he'll get an eight on a par five and, and and as good as he is he can't make enough birdies to overcome that right that's the problem yeah we we have the ability um you know sometimes at the, in the professional level you'll still shoot a 68 with a double bogey mm-hmm. and that double bogey could be your 
your only blip of the day, but being a double, you know, we still have the ability to go out and make seven birdies. So I've had some, I've had a couple rounds of shooting seven or eight under the double bogey. And for the wow. rest of the day, you're just hot and you may have caught a bad break or just one bad swing, but it really didn't bother you or, you know, so. Um, so when you shoot that, do you only think of the double bogey? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> so, Everyone's like, dude, you had eight birdies and you shot six under. It's, like, so negative. it's like I doubled 14. It's yep. like, come on. I know. That's the curse of being a golfer. All right, that's Conrad Schindler. I'm Rick Arnett. This is the tee box where it crest cars today in Frisco, and that was brought to you by the greatness of Arcus Golf. Don't forget to go to ArcusGolf.com. Get their Players Prime program. Say that fast about eight times. And you get uh, free range balls, you get discounted rounds of golf, and you get a sweet uh, crush burger at any Arcus golf course here in the Metroplex. All right, up next, somebody's going back to the scene of the crime, and they're doing something at a tournament in South Africa that it's it's about time. Talk about that next on the ticket. Good morning, 838 on the ticket. T-Box out at Crest Cars today. Crest Infinity, Crest Cadillac, Crest Volvo. Cadillac has their brand-new three-row XT6. Some people dig the Escalade, but sometimes you can't get those in the garage. They're big. They're they're big cars, big trucks. But the XT6 you can get in there, and you can get it's a true three rower. So you check it out at Crest Cadillac. 850. It's the 10 year anniversary of Tiger. Tiger's debacle, his epic fail, his epic fall, and uh, and how he came back. And then the next two segments we'll do Ask the Pro, Conrad Schindler, tour player. Aggie, Aggie alum, and uh, he's been around everywhere. So if we, uh, if you want to, we can tweet us at our net Rick or at C Schindler, S H I N D L E R Golf, Golf at C Schindler Golf dot com, and then we'll read some of those because I'm always intrigued by guys who actually do this for a living, and not everything is as glamorous as you portray it, you know, and especially when you have to trunk slam on Friday and you have to, you know, <clears throat> just uh, limp back home. Especially you have to do it a number of times. This segment brought to you by Waterview Golf Club. They just put in new greens, and they look great. They putt great. And so I think there's only one course left in the Metroplex that's public that has bent grass. That's it. Bermuda's the way to go. I'm I an advocate. So. In this market, absolutely. Okay, so one person going back to the scene of the crime, and it's going to be next spring, is one Sergio Garcia. He... Um, he was under the threat of a, of a European tour ban after he <laughs> he's playing in this tournament. It's called, let's see, which one is it? It is, where is that? The Saudi International. And I thought after he finally got the, the master's monkey off his back or any major monkey off his back, he'd be a, and he got married and he has a kid and he seems like the life is all good. He's still Sergio. He's still a hot-tempered Spaniard. And he had a meltdown. He started scraping greens and scuffing greens. And when you're trying to protect the field, that's the worst. I mean, you can you can go crazy on a bunker. Somebody's going to rake it. But a green, it's not, it's not as easily repaired. So DQs, he's going to go back this year. Oh, by the way, he kept his appearance fee last year, $675,000. Mm. <clears throat> By the way, these guys, if you make top 50 or if you're a name player, you uh, <laughs> you can uh, you can make some pretty good hay on just appearance money. Hello, Michael. <laughs> That's all right. It is Thanksgiving. Good to see you, Mike Brosen. Um, so he come, he's going to come back this year, 
and he's going to, again, trying to right a wrong, and he's going to not participate in taking the appearance fee. So good for him. I mean, it's it's PR. It's it's nothing, nothing awesome. It's just the right thing to do, right? You've seen guys lose it like that? Uh, occasionally. Um, I, I think in Sergio's instance, and I, I've never played a European Tour event, but uh, I'm going to say that his appearance may be mandatory with no appearance fee, uh, kind of trying to right the wrong. Um, you know, we we all are human, and, and we all have our unfiner moments. I don't know if that's grammatically correct. Mm-hmm. but Works. Uh, On this show, everything yeah. works. But, you know, it. You have seen it, and, and most of the time, like at least if you're in a bunker, like you said, it can be raked. But you gotta you gotta pay attention elsewhere. If you know if you're especially like in a day that the ball's playing down, you know if you see someone slam a club mm-hmm. and they bury it in the ground, and if if someone's ball actually ends up in that slam mark and it doesn't get repaired, you're not going to get relief from it. So, as a peer, okay, you're playing in his group. Um, you've seen him desecrate a, a bunker. You've seen him mess up greens. You've seen him spit into a golf hole. Um, do you think anybody says anything to him because he's Sergio or what? I could see a veteran, someone that's been out there a long time. Uh, you know, if it were, if it were me, who's, you know, it could be my second or third year out there. It, you'd be a little less, or you'd be more standoffish sure. probably. Cause maybe it's just yeah, you're intimidated. In, in the end, you're intimidated. In the way I view it in the end, for the most part, like if it was bad enough, then I would probably talk to an official, I, I don't know if I would necessarily approach him head on just because I don't want to have that controversy right there on the spot sure. or something because um, you're still trying to play your round and, and you don't want any extra crap going on. So uh, Here's why I ask, because Patrick Reed was playing in the group behind Sergio in that event. It was he who told the officials. Patrick's afraid of nothing. So. I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, I don't know who was playing with him that day again, like to your point, but... Um, the fact that the group behind him had to face a right. crapped out green, and uh, and you know what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. So that's kind of weird. So I always wondered how much when they when the credo of professional golf is to protect the field. I wonder how many pros really care about that. I think, unless it affects their. I game. think pros care a lot more. Obviously, now that you can repair any damage on the greens, that still doesn't make it right to scuff the green up, drag your putter, or whatever. But what. What I would say that the big beef now and and more and more guys, and it doesn't happen a lot at the professional game, but guys are stepping up to the plate is when they see something that's shady, such as someone trying to cheat. Uh, Mismark their ball mark, inch it up a couple, two, three inches. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, they had an interesting interesting thing on the Champions Tour uh, with Billy Mayfair. Yep. I don't know if you heard that. He, I did. Was, he was searching for his golf ball. For our listeners that didn't hear, he was searching for his golf ball. And mm-hmm. the new rule now is you've got three minutes to yep. lurk, look for a lost golf ball. Well, six minutes expire, mm-hmm. and he doesn't find it. Or I guess he found it after six minutes, yep. and he tried to play it. And then he gets disqualified for breach of the rules. Well, there was another one, too, when he when he was in a, a hazard. Yeah, and, and the ball and the ball moved. Down, and he yeah. said, "I had nothing to do with that." And yeah. everybody and he goes, showed uh, it on camera. Yes. And what what was really so they call him Billy Playfair, by the way. What was really funny about the lost ball thing, though, was it was at six minutes when he found it and played it. And he told them, he goes, "Well, I didn't know the rule changed." Well, who cares if the rule changed? Yeah. You still Ignorance breached. Not... You still breached the old rule of five uh. minutes. <laughs> Good point. So you're still wrong. Yeah. 
He's a trip, so, and he's made he's done well. Career, he's made over twenty mil, twenty five mil. But that's the scuttlebutt with him. And then when he marked typically when he marks his ball, they say he does it so well, so, so well, so fast, so fast that he's moving it like two or three inches ahead. Which, in the grand scheme of things, does it matter? It matters to him. He thinks right. he can make it easier when he does that. Right. And I think I don't know if people just put up their hands because he. Lately, he's not the greatest golfer. He's not like he's winning tournaments and everything. But still, the fact you have to play with these guys, you know sometimes he's, whoever you're paired with might cost you a couple shots if you don't keep your head on straight, right? Yep. All right. Can. All right, so the other one is there's a tournament down in South Africa, and they're in the summertime, and the heat index is at least 104. It's the Alfred Dunhill. And they allowed, the European Tour allowed, the players, along with the caddies, to wear shorts during tournament play. I think it's long overdue. I think when it's when there's a heat index over X, I, I like I, I like it when you guys wear the uniform. I think it looks crisp. I think it looks it it separates you from us ham and eggers. Um, but when it's dangerous, no, we can wear you can wear shorts because you get to wear shorts in practice rounds now. Yeah, it's does it's, everybody do that? Absolutely. There are very few guys that don't, and when they wear pants, they're like, oh, I think it looks stupid wearing shorts. I'm like, it's 101 out here. I don't care what I look like. Like, I don't want to be miserable trying to trying to prep. And we, we've had a couple tournaments that, that have gotten very hot, and heat index is reaching over 110 and everything. And I know it doesn't seem like Even if you're not carrying shorts. a bag, yeah, right. it makes it, a difference. It makes a huge difference. And, and I think it's, uh, again, it – there needs to be a benchmark, not like, you know, okay, you can just wear shorts whenever, but mm-hmm. maybe a, a temperature rule does need to come into play because uh, it can get really bad out there, especially if you have days where there's no wind and it's just a stagnant, humid air. Uh, it's literally just playing in a sauna, and, and I've done the whole deal, as we were talking about earlier, two or three shirts. I mean, you, you sweat through a shirt. and Even the performance four, fabric. Oh, yeah. Right? it's there's Just stick to you. Yeah. There's no uh, keeping up, and four or five hats in rotation, gloves in rotation, so doing whatever you can to stay dry, extra towels, and it's like playing in the rain. Makes me wonder how, of course, we didn't know better. How did we ever play in cotton shirts? I rarely ever, I mean, I did it as a junior Mm -hmm. when I was 11 or 12, and then all that performance sweat wicking stuff started to appear, but, uh, you know, I just didn't know any better, but if you think about, like, when Jack and Arnie played, and those guys played in the summer, and you had cotton everything, cotton underwear, pants, shirt, and all that did was just absorb sweat. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know how they did it. And me neither. So I'm glad they're doing that. The only thing that would be kind of wheels off, I wonder if there are any tour players that are just so stuck in the traditions that they would never wear shorts. Well, I, if if they feel that way, then that's Do you see fine. that in in, uh, in terms during practice rounds? Or yeah, is there, that pretty, there are a couple guys still that, are, wear long pants? that wear pants because they don't think shorts look professional. Not proud of their legs? I'm like, look, I've, I've played – practice rounds on the pga tour and there's nobody out there watching if you're not tiger woods Mm -hmm. nobody's watching you play a practice round so it doesn't matter it's not like people are gonna be like man he looks you know unprofessional out there even though i i I totally believe the rule because it should be it should be form over function you know um it is jarring seeing a tour player that you that you recognize in shorts it just it hits you for a second. Well, it doesn't look right. Yeah, it's just it's Even kind of how ninety eight percent of the people have seen an athlete. It's yep. just like you know, if you have any football player, or hockey player that is in all their pads and stuff, you're, you're used to seeing. Uh, just take like Jamie Ben for the yep. stars. You're used to seeing Jamie wearing a fourteen jersey yep. and shoulder pads and his helmet on. And then you know, if Jamie Ben walks by in the street, 
you may not even notice him. Most jarring is a goalie. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you don't even know what their face looks like. Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. All right, that's Conrad Schindler. I'm Rick Arnett. This is the T-Box. We're at the greatness of Crest Cars today. Crest uh, Volvo, Crest Cadillac, Crest Infinity. Be sure to check them out. It's actually fairly light today. I don't know if people are all out of town, but if you need your car worked on or get a quick wash because I think the rain's going to be done, um, be a good time to come by, uh, especially the one in Frisco uh, right off the tollway and 121 on the north side. All right, up next, believe it or not, it's already been 10 years since Hydrant Gate, Tiger. What happened? And interesting stories, follow-up stories on what happened to the people that were involved in that. We'll talk about that next on The Ticket. All right, 8.57 on The Ticket. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. I don't know if you shopped till you dropped yesterday on Black Friday. Um, I actually went out shopping a little bit last night. It was actually pretty quiet. (laughs) A smile. That I got you. That's Conrad Schindler. He's a tour player. He's an Aggie alum, and uh, he's filling in for Craig Rosengarten today, who is out in uh, Vegas. He's working. He's working a junior tournament, one of our big ones for is the Rocky Mountain Tour. Yeah, well, he's working. In, I'm sure he's he's playing everything at night. There's no problem with that. He loves doing that stuff. But Maybe he'll be back next week. Get a bet on me for that A&M LSU game. Ooh, are you going to take the points? No, it's just terrifying. It's mm. just 17-point dog, and... It's one you feel like they could be close, but after the seven overtime debacle last mm-hmm. year, they may just try to put their foot on our throat. And you know the the biggest the biggest blank spot now, biggest hole in in the Thanksgiving Day weekend is no Texas Aggie. Love it. They got to bring it back somehow. I know they're both scared. I mean, I mean Aggies lose to enough SEC teams. What's the difference? I mean, we're not going to lose that game. So, I mean, if they're struggling to beat Kansas. Yeah, good point. Bring it, Texas fans. I'm not scared of you. Let's go. Well, it's easy to say because it's probably going to be another 10 years before that ever happens. It is unfortunate because I grew up with that game, and I actually grew up a Longhorn fan. Both my parents Mm -hmm. went to Texas, and and that was always a part. You know, the day after Thanksgiving, we always watched that game and everything, and it was still there when I we were in the Big 12 still when I was at A&M, and Mm -hmm. that was a part of the game. The unfortunate thing now, both for – uh, Texas fans and A&M fans, or students, I should say, is the fact that that game hasn't been around for, you know, eight or nine years. Yep. And so kids are growing up without that game. Yep. They're only growing up from hearing what their parents said about the game, and they don't get to experience They don't have game a rival anymore. game. So A&M does I, not have a rival game. They This is supposed to be a rival game with LSU. Nah, um, I'm not buying it. But not enough history. They're, they're tr- the schools are trying. I know b- the baseball teams always have at least one game a year where they'll play each other. Good. Uh, but they're trying, but it, it definitely needs to be a part of it because there's nothing better than the hate of college football. So There you go. PGA Superstores in the city of Arlington golf course is Texas Rangers, Tierra Verde, and Lake Arlington. Texas Rangers, we're going to be out December 13th and 14th for our big Avid Golfer sale. And uh, a lot of stuff of discounts on everything. Art Selinger will be out there with his stuff. And I think there's a really good incentive for coming out there that Friday and Saturday. It'll be worth your while. So stay tuned for that. Keep your ears listening. All right. So it's, it was 10 years ago, November 27th, I believe. That was a Friday. About 2.30 in the morning Eastern time. Tiger Woods collided with a row of hedges and hit a fire hydrant in his uh, 2009 Escalade. Less than two days earlier, the National Enquirer published a story that alleged uh, Woods was having an affair with Rachel Ucatel, then a New York nightclub hostess. 
The car accident and its murky circumstances, paramedics found Woods lying in the road, snoring, and without shoes or socks. And then that's when everything unraveled. That's when this old sex scandal came out. That's when everybody was trying to make money off this. Everybody came forward. He lost uh, he lost $100 million in uh, endorsements. The only one that stuck around was Nike. Nike, yeah. And uh, they got their money back, I think, even just from the Masters this year, right? Absolutely. So he became a public spectacle, and um, he had to make a, a really wheels-off, very uncomfortable public apology that made no sense. I was reading some articles this weekend, Conrad, about uh, some guys just saying it's the, it's the nature of being – it's not successful. It's the nature of being famous. I would, I would love to be successful. I don't want to be famous because it's just too much. There's no privacy. And, and when you're a public, public figure – Supposedly, public says your life is 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 for all of us to see. Right. I mean, I always wonder something like you. Let's say you just find it. You find the magic potion and everything, and all of a sudden you're winning PGA Tour events, and maybe you sprinkle in a major. And have you ever thought about what it's like? What it would be like going to the movies and people recognizing you? And you know, it, it in the golfing world, it takes a lot. I mean. I would say you could be the 25th ranked player in the world, and you could go places, and you'd be okay. Now you're going to have some avid golf fans that would that would pick you out. It depends and, on where you go say, too. Correct. You know, if you're in, if you're in Spain, John Rahm walks by or Sergio. Right. You're toast. And and there are people that that are you know big sports fans or golf fans that would pick you out. But it, in in golf, it would take uh, pretty pretty good stature to you know a lot of majors, a lot of continual success to be. Uh, picked out like even like you look at like Brennan Todd the hottest guy Mm -hmm. out there right now I think you know if he if he were to walk into the movie theater no one's really I don't think I'd recognize him unless he was in his golf outfit I remember when Payne Stewart walked by me one day we were at SMU uh, some fundraiser and and he was wearing Dockers a regular golf shirt and a baseball cap yeah unrecognizable and it it took me two seconds is that can't be oh yeah it is so it's everything is uh just depends on the on the environment at the time. Anyway, we get back to Tiger. There's there's all these stories about uh, who he was with, what did he do, and then what I'm following up here on is what happened to some of these people that were intertwined with this Tiger bit. He went to uh, uh, sex addiction. He at the beginning, um, his wife at the time, Elon, had kind of gotten wind that something was going on. And so, and Tiger said, "No, nothing's going on." So he, she picked up his phone when he was taking one of his Ambien's or whatever, because he he has a tough time sleeping. He's a he's a total insomniac. And she went through it and saw Rachel's phone number there, and called it, and uh, and no answer. Then Rachel called his phone back, and that's when she knew. All hell and everybody place. went O.S. And that's when Elon chased him out of the house with the golf club, and he ran into stuff and chipped his, you know, just, just a mess. So these are some of the players that were in this. So one is a, her name is Mindy Lawton. She was the, uh, she was the waitress of Perkins that was making eight bucks an hour. And two weeks after the crash, According to documents, uh, this is by USA Today, Lawton, then 33, signed a contract designed to cash in on her alleged 14-month affair with Woods that she told reporters ended in 2007. 
She hired an attorney, a Florida attorney, Glenn Reed, who would receive typical contingency rate about 33%. Um, it never went there. Um, Lawton went from scandal curiosity to convicted felon. In January 2011, she pleaded guilty to DUI, serious bodily injury, and a third-degree felony. She was sentenced to five years probation, served one year in jail. The following year, Lawton was unable to find employment, out of money, and two weeks from being homeless, according to court records. Then finally, 2015, just uh, four years ago, she's riding in an ATV with her boyfriend. The boyfriend lost control of the ATV, hit large rocks and trees, and the two were ejected from the vehicle. Um, the boyfriend was pronounced dead, and she's survived undisclosed medical injuries. I, mean, I had no idea that happened. Yep. Jamie, I think it's Jungers. Might be Jungers. I think it was Jungers. Two weeks after Wood's accident, Jamie Jungers became the first alleged mistress to be interviewed on TV. Wearing a fur-lined coat on the set of NBC's Today Show, Jungers, then, then 20, I'm going to say Jungers or Jungers each time, Said her affair with Woods began in 2005. The affair ended about a year and a half later after she asked Woods for help with financial problems. He declined, but her notoriety continued over the last decade. August 2011, Jungers was being questioned by Vegas police who suspected she'd been driving under the influence. Seems to be a common thread here. Um, Jungers made several references that she was a celebrity and wanted a warning instead of being booked in jail. According to the incident, she was booked and convicted of DUI. Later that year, she was booked on charges of possession of narcotics, paraphernalia, and driving on a revoked license. And in 2018, she was booked again in, in Vegas as a fugitive, wanted oh, in another nice. state. Uh, <laughs> so she's in jail. So it's Joshua Evans was another person. He came upon the scene of the crash, 301 that morning. Accustomed to handling DUI investigations during his year of on-the-job, the 28-year-old trooper found himself handling the initial stage of investigating Tiger Woods' injury, or his accident. On the accident report, Officer Evans noted the estimated damage, about 3000 for the hedges, fire hydrant, and tree, and another 8000 for the Escalade. Diagram the winding route uh, Woods took down his driveway and over a con- concrete curb onto a grass median, swerving back across the concrete curb onto a grass shoulder for plowing into the hedges, fire hydrant, and trees on his neighbor's property. Estimate going about 30 miles an hour. Trying to get away. Yep. Try- yeah. <laughs> but I write wife. Are you kidding me with a golf club in her hand? It was also Evans who went to the health center in nearby uh, OC? O-C-O-E-E. O-C-O-E? What's that pronounced? O-C-O-E? I'm going to go with it without bogging. Where Woods <laughs> is being treated and released inside a medical sample of Woods' blood. He suspected the golfer might have been impaired at the time, but the hospital workers turned him away. <laughs> and the state attorney's office denied requests for a subpoena to get a sample of, ti- of Tiger's blood um, of the night of the crash. Four years later, Evans became the one under investigation. November 2013, Evans was involved in a high-speed chase. He ended with It ended with Evans and the man suspected driving under the influence struggling at the front door of the home where the driver lived with his parents. Evans pulled out his Glock 37, fired seven bullets into the front door. One of the bullets struck the man in the head but did not cause life-threatening injuries. Um, (laughs) Internal investigation found Evans violated the Florida Highway Patrol's policy on excessive force. He was suspended for 40 hours without pay. Evans declined comment for the story. 
And they said uh, Evans made more than 100 DUI arrests in both 2012 and 2013, distinguished himself as a member of the mobile field force um, that handles civil disturbances. There's like not one normal person in this whole thing. No. The neighbors. There's neighbors that lived right near him, and they were the first ones that came on the scene. Jarius Adams, sister Kimberly Adams, told investigators they discovered Woods lying on the pavement. Can you please help me? Um, Elon Norgren asked them. First, Adams called 911. I need an ambulance immediately. Somebody could be saying, I, I have someone down in front of my house. Then, they, then Adams and his sister wrapped Woods in a blank and put a pillow under his head. But in the days that followed, things got less neighborly. They all wanted Tiger to pay them for what is what they really wanted. They wanted a piece of this, they, so not to say anything. Not to say anything, and also for for helping him out. Uh, and that was the real issue. After Woods' car accident, Sharp said he got a call from Jerome Adams saying, "We want money, or we're going to go to." The press, and it was already in the press anyway. Some great neighbors. Uh huh. Six months after the accident, Jerome Maps, and this is a very, this is like Islesworth. This is this is yeah, high this end is, stuff, right? Everyone's everyone's worth a penny. They're doing all right if they're in living in there. Six months after the accident, uh, Jerome Adams launched a website with a pay per view video trashing Woods. He was charging three ninety nine of a view, and it's just him going on a rant. Mm hmm. Saying, like, he's a jerk and the person that you know is just a crafted image. Well, at the time, it was not, that was not totally untrue. And he's fallen on far, hard times, and he also uh, he filed bankruptcy, and he died in 2014. So there you go there. By the way, uh, uh, Bubba Watson bought Tiger's house. Oh, really? In Islesworth, yeah. And then he, then he moved out of it and gave it away. Finally, the Escalade. Let's talk about the Escalade real quick, the the SUV. It's just like kind of like something that'd be in like Kennedy's motorcade. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You can track these things by VIN numbers, obviously. Came off the assembly line in 2008. G- GM still owned the vehicle during the time of Woods' accident. He was giving to it as a perk. From there, things get murky. Although Carfax offers some tidbits. The Escalade made its way from Michigan to Florida, from Tennessee to Missouri, and finally to Arkansas with its sixth owner. I wonder what the Carfax looked on that. How many accidents and. On May 9th, on a rainy evening in Springdale, Arkansas, Alicia Galvin, 38, was driving the Escalade when it collided with a Chevy Blazer. Galvin was cited for failure to yield the right of way and driving without it, without driver's license or insurance. I mean, again, there's not one person in this whole segment that's like a normal person. Nope. Finally, the last they saw of the Escalade, it's still running. It's got 158,000 miles on it. And, yeah, so it's been rolling a decade after that that crash. You think in the Carfax it says, like, Tiger right, Woods car? Re- right rear window knocked down from angry <laughs> wife. <laughs> nine iron. iron. So there you go. So Tiger lost all that. And at that time, I'm trying to remember. So it was Friday night. So I don't think I heard about it until Saturday morning and we were doing the show. And all hell was breaking loose. You said you were at I playing was, golf? I'll never for, it's. I'm telling you, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's kind of like, you know, people were where they were when historic things happened and, and is, is a golfer. I mean, I was on the seventh tee at Vicaro, and I was playing with Art Selinger and Todd Hamilton, okay. and Art Selinger broke the story to us, and we're all like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? This is the most outlandish, stupid thing I've right. ever heard. There's no way. And then, sure enough, all the details come out, and you're like, my God. And at that time... I never thought Tiger would ever get it back. 
Oh, ever. Completely. And then that's not even counting the four back surgeries and his knee rehab and and everything. And just being just having the the guy that was so revered was now a, a punchline. Yeah, absolutely. And every joke. And for a guy who's as proud as he is and as private as he is, um, I never thought he. I thought he would just disappear. And he didn't. To his credit, he fought through it all, came back, um, made sure he stayed true to the kids, bought a different place, got halved by Elon. I don't know, a couple I'm hundred sure, million. I'm sure him getting halved is. I'm sure he's doing just. fine. He's doing still. just fine, and he's and he's got a lot of endorsements back and yeah. some new ones too. So he's actually, uh, he's also a kinder, gentler. He's he's tiger. You know, it, it probably humbled him a lot, and you know, he's definitely more open with the media, definitely more open with. Uh, other players now Mm -hmm. and a lot of people have a lot of respect for him now because of that and the fact that he is so open and you know he's you know you see a side of here you know you remember when he won the tournaments early on he would kind of joke with the camera a little Mm -hmm. bit walking up 18 if he had a lead you know hey mom how about that shot or you know whatever and then that all went away and it all became so business and it didn't matter if he had an eight shot lead to win a major he was just cold it was so cold-blooded streamlined cold and then you know he's He's kind of got that that youthfulness back, and he's a little bit easier to root for now. I, I think so, hundred. I always wanted him in a tournament to contend because that made the tournament legit. I didn't really root for him to win a whole lot because I right. just didn't like him. Yeah. But now, now I like him. You know, yeah. he's he's paid his penance, he's paid his dues, and a, a million times over. And now he's he's realized that you can reinvent a little bit. All right, that was brought to you by Origin Bank and Rusted Rail out in Crandall. Nice place out there. If you want to put together a wedding, it's pretty reasonable, too. They have a huge ballroom out there. It's right off the, what's that freeway out there? I don't know, it's right off the right off the 30, I think. Anyway, check it out. It's Rusted Rail out in Crandall. Okay, up next, we ask the pro, Conrad Schindler, tour player, next on the ticket. Stay right there. Stay right there. Mike Brosen bringing us breakfast to Crest wow. Cars. Man, that looks sweet. Did you make this? Of course he did. Picked it up right from the uh, deal. He's a good cook, by the way. Very good cook. He's inviting me over more often. Thank you, Michael. All right. Um, we are at the greatness of Crest Cars today. It's in Frisco, right off the tollway in 121. We'll be here till 10 o'clock. Don't forget, they have unbelievable deals on Infinities and Cadillacs. And over in Plano, uh, the Volvo dealer. And they're moving over here pretty soon. So it's going to be one big happy family out here at Crest Cars in Frisco, thank you, Michael. Mike Brosen, the greatest. All right. Uh, the weather is brought to you by Crest Cars. How about that? So today's going to be 69. Nice. It's going to uh, Thanks, Dan. stay this way most of the day. No more rain. And then next uh, Sunday through the week, it's going to be, I'm going to call it temperate. 57, 57, 66, 63, 67, 64, 61. So no rain in the forecast. I, I'll play in that. It starts getting in the 50s, and there's a north wind. I'm, it's a little dicey for me. It's car Turn. path only today, though. I'm out on today. Oh, me too. It takes so long. It's such a beating. I always want to believe in clubs, places, and all that. Okay, these next two segments, we are going to ask the pro. Because I like, I'm a nosy guy. I like to find out what's going on in other people's lives. And, and uh, nobody better than Conrad Schindler, tour player. Won the Corn Ferry event. And has played on the PGA Tours, played overseas, played on the McKenzie Tour, been everywhere. And so if you have a question, see Schindler Golf. That's his Twitter handle. And mine is at Arnett Rick. And the first thing is this. 
We talked about how tough it is to make a living. I'm always wondering about how much these uh, the pros know about the rules. So you, do you get a new handbook every year? Do you get uh, any – you have stipulations from the tour, and then do you actually read the new rule book every year? Uh, when we have a big year like we did last year bringing in – I mean, as long as I've ever played golf, whether it was junior golf, college golf mm-hmm. – professional golf that was the biggest change to the rules we've ever had we've always had slight modifications you know they they did a lot of moving around on the putting green when you had several guys that had grounded their putter and then the ball rolled and right. they got penalized for that and it just you know didn't they didn't do anything to, so they've made slight modifications but we had a big big rules change uh so definitely they they sent us um you know they sent us all the changes and showed us descriptions and pictures and everything. And then even at the first tournament, um, we had a, I guess, basically a seminar, you know, we had all the rules officials and we all gathered around, you know, the putting green and we're all there. We're going through visualizations, walkthroughs. And I know it seems kind of hokey and everything, but it was actually very beneficial because with rule changes came question, you know, okay, the pin's going to stay in. Well, okay. If, if the pin's in now, you know, can it be tended? Can, you know, just all these different things can be tended off the green. How's it work? Because are the caddies there with you? Yes. Yeah, okay. Because I've seen a lot of rule violations, and I'm always wondering what's the caddy doing. I, I can see I can see the players is lost in his next shot, or maybe he had a bad shot previously, and his his wheels off. The caddy's the guy that needs to kind of calm that guy down and have common sense. I don't see that a lot sometimes when it's infractions. It's in in where a lot of the caddies got hit hard by the rule change and it was so stupid was this uh you saw it a lot on the lpga tour with the caddies lining up the player every yeah. shot and mm-hmm. i get it i don't like that you shouldn't be it's doing a bad that. look but they they had this deal where a guy would be in his stance to hit a shot and a caddy's there but not addressing the putt it, well, right. he, he could be, but he's he's really just asking the caddy for – he's not asking the caddy for alignment help or mm-hmm. anything. He's just trying to get a feel for the shot, you know, I think. And then the caddy steps away. Well, if the player doesn't come out of his stance, right. it's a penalty. Right. Because the caddy assisted in it. Asinine so rule. it happened to one of my buddies, Adam Shank, at the Honda Classic. He's actually in the top 10, top 15. He's in a greenside bunker in the bear trap yep. on 17, one of the hardest par threes on tour. He's plugged in the bunker, plugged. Adam's trying to figure out how to not hit it in the water for his next shot. He's not even playing near the hole. I remember that. And, and his caddy, Mark Mark Carnes at the time, standing there watching, and he's just trying to help Adam, just like, okay, we got to bounce it over here off this hill. Mm-hmm. He's not even lining him up. No. And, and Adam's in there assessing the bunker shot. There's no technique. It's just a stab out of the bunker or whatever. Mark gets out. Well, Adam never left his stance. On a side hill right. plugged bunker shot. Remember that. And he gets docked a penalty shot. And it and and we're all sitting here as players going, This is the dumbest thing ever. So And that uh, was universal too. Everybody oh, hammered it. Yeah, and it and it's happened it, it to wasn't, so many it guys. It just wasn't and, common sense. Correct. Right. And so we you know, so when it comes back to the rule book, you know, we check it out when it's things like that. And there's always slight changes to, you know, okay, we're gonna allow you know, they We can ground your club in a hazard. Yeah, now you can touch Make a practice swing. How long, did, how long did that take you to get used to that? I mean, honestly, how many times you're in a hazard and you can play the shot is very, very, very few. So, um, it, what's what's different? It's it's like if they, let's say they came to us and they said, "Okay, you're in the bunker now and you can ground your club." You can't. Mm-hmm. But if they said you could, I probably never would because Look, it I've played a lip. I've played for 31 years, <laughs> yep. not grounding a club in the bunker. So. Um, 
you know, we have our changes, but most of the time, excluding something like that, things are very, very minimal. So, how often do you get your clubs regripped? Uh, I'll regrip probably once every three months. I've got really? a, I've got a nice grip room or a gripping table that you don't I do just, it at the uh, at the trailers. I'll do it at the trailers. You Thank know, you. If, if something happens, if something's worn out. But I, I love. I'm kind of a little. Uh, geek when it comes to all that stuff sure. and i like to i don't i don't really build any clubs for myself like uh good buddy tag writings mm-hmm. tour player man that guy builds everything of his nice um well, and guys and like to tinker i don't have that much confidence in myself but i will regrip my clubs i've got a nice little gripping station so that's always kind of it's kind of like your little happy place how often do you replace your wedges uh wedges probably three months so it's about the same as grips interesting and it just depends. Wedges really just depend on, on it's use. the grooves, right? Your 60 gets used a lot because you're doing a lot of practice with it. And a lot of guys will actually bring them into rotation where they'll have, like, their old lob wedge becomes their backup or their practice wedge. They'll go out and hit all their practice shots with it because they don't want to wear out the grooves necessarily on their new wedge. So when you're uh, when you're playing a tour event, is there somebody that when somebody walks out there, you have to stop and watch them hit? It's just so ridiculous. Cameron Champ, maybe. That would be any anybody that crushes a drive. It's always really impressive. I, I remember a few years ago I was playing the Australian Open, uh, and Rory was the group behind me on Saturday, and so he was actually warming up right next to me. And I took a step back for about three minutes, and was just watching him hit these five irons. And I mean, they just went straight up in the air and, and never came down forever. Right? Yeah. And I mean, just the sound. And I'm like, I I think I'm a pretty good ball striker myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't make that sound. But there's a difference, right? Oh, uh, you know, th- there's fa- even... there's like major league fast, and then there's major league super, you know, yeah. super duper. So, um, what's the latest uh, trend in golf that people are starting to in, in the for the pros? Because everybody copies everybody. If there's been something that works for somebody. Well, I'm going to try that. Can you think of anything lately? The latest trend. You know, it's really, and I'm, um, it's this whoop strap that I'm wearing. And yeah. A lot. It's not. It's uh, if if you guys Justin Thomas it out, wears it. Rory. Tweet, tweet at me, and I'll send you a link, and I get a free month. So nice. I'm gonna Look at little, him. Do a little spot for him, but it's it's See really Schindler golf. It's really impressive because it's like the the best type Fitbit type thing. Basically, it's a fitness tracker, and it doesn't really track your steps. It tracks your. They call it a day strain, and it follows your heart rate monitors how well you sleep monitors all your activities and it's so lightweight the charge lasts for five days it charges up in 30 i'm intrigued by it i'm intrigued it's really good not to just give you a month free well that's that's all i'm after but you know you see justin thomas rory wearing it and these guys are starting to realize how important sleep and recharging your batteries are and it's just really impressive to see how things work and you know some days for for guys that work out you know, you'll you'll go to the gym some days, and you just feel like you don't have it. You're mm-hmm. just sluggish. Everything's yeah. no good. Off. But then you go in there another day, and you're just you're killing ready it. to just run through the wall. So, or you may be playing in the morning wave the next day. And so, typically, do you like that? Do you like a a, a a Thursday afternoon, a Friday morning? If I shoot 65 on, fr- on Thursday <laughs> afternoon, yes, because yeah. you want to go right back out right. there and keep the pedal down. It's it's always awkward, kind of the uh, early late time, because it doesn't matter how good you play, you almost kind of fall into a twenty four hour period where you don't even play golf. Gotcha. So it just it's always nice when you play well to kind of keep the ball rolling. But if it's you're finishing late, I mean, typically it's it's never like, hey, I'm going to go back to the hotel, shower, and go. It's just like, I need some dinner. I'm going to shower. I'm going to lay down. Where do you typically eat? Uh, it do you just, fast food, or do you actually try and go to a place that's Try to go somewhere where you can get something good. 
Um, sometimes, you know, it's it's just like, heck, I just need to get to the hotel and you go to Chipotle or Chick-fil-A or something. <laughs> I and understand. Just, just want to shut it down. So, uh, you know, the road is, is not as glamorous as everyone makes it out to be. And, and you know, going to the Holiday Inn uh, over and over again. So when you of, travel, what's the last thing you had to buy golf-wise? Uh, I had to buy some rain gloves. Okay. Um, I've heard for, of those. Forgot. Forgot to ask the uh, Titleist for a set of rain gloves. We had some rain coming in, and they all head out Wednesday afternoon. And uh, I think like Thursday afternoon after one of my rounds, I had to go buy some rain gloves. Okay, so this is the question I think people don't understand. Um, whether you're making a lot of money or you're or you're trying to make a lot of money. Con- by the way, we're talking to Conrad Schindler on the tour. He's on the, He's a corn ferry man, and he's also played in some PGA Tour events, and he's won a corn ferry event. It's very very good. I would call Corn Ferry uh, 4A. If it was baseball, I w- it's not. It's better than AAA. It's 4A. Yes. I would agree. Okay. So uh, your average cost, your expenses to travel for a week. For a week? Okay. I'll go ahead and tell you, do you want to talk Corn Ferry or do you want to talk PGA Tour? Let's do PGA Tour first. Okay. PGA Tour, about the cheapest caddy you're going to find for the week. And everyone has their own caddy, so it's not like someone's going out there week to week searching for a caddy. But yeah, at the parking the, lot. <laughs> the bottom base rate about for a caddy is $1,500. Okay, right off the top. So, and I, I would say most guys are actually probably making two grand caddying. Mm-hmm. So do, do you players talk to each other how much you pay people? Absolutely. And, okay. it, and it's not it's not like we're trying to, like, sneak around. It's just, you know, everyone's just trying to get a feel for things. And especially when it's your rookie season going out there, trying to understand how that works. Gotcha. Because you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so you rely on other players to figure that stuff out. So we'll just say $1,500. i am going to have to pull my calculator and is out. That, and is that contracted or is that just handshake agreement? It's – I'm sure some guys may have a – written contract but i've never once done that it's always just been a handshake deal and okay. um so 1500 a week for a caddy and then most of the time on the pga tour you're staying in a hotel uh for a week even staying i would always just stay hampton or holiday inn mm-hmm. express those were fine for sure. me i didn't need the ritz or anything right. but that's still going to run you 750 to a thousand for the week okay so say 2500 so, so far we're in 2500 uh Breakfast and lunch are paid for mm-hmm. when you, with player dining, but you're still going to have to do dinner. So let's just call it. I'll just lowball it. And we'll say two fifty for dinner. So we're at almost three grand. We're at three grand right there, plus your airfare. We can lowball that at eight hundred dollars. <laughs> so thirty eight hundred. Let's just say all in. Grand. It's almost four grand. So if you're going to play twenty, when you play seventeen events, that in was. A row. So four grand times a guy is going to play twenty three events roughly. We'll say that's ninety two thousand dollars in expenses. Yep, that's good. I <laughs> know that's a lot, and you have to you have to make that's that's just a, that's just that's just, that's just to go nut. play, and that's just to play on the PGA tour. And I would say Corn Ferry. A lot of us we try to stay in private housing with mm-hmm. some hosts. A lot of the members at the Airbnbs clubs love whatever. to host players. Sure, any hot and bitches? that's actually really nice. For- <laughs> That's really nice for us because you still kind of have a home atmosphere. They want a cookie meals, right. and you and you're not having to go back into the, your tiny little hotel room, and you don't feel cramped. So, and you establish friendships with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go back the next year. Absolutely. You know, I've we had the one of the web finals events uh, in Cleveland. They don't have it anymore. We'd love to get it back at Canterbury Club, a very historic club. Um, my good buddy Jamie Arnold and I, he and I would always travel together and we got private housing uh 
with a gentleman named Tim McCormick, and he was actually the club president. Oh, nice! At the club, and and we went there and uh, you know stayed with him and his his wife for the week, and we established a great friendship, and and we all talk weekly now. And he's come to tournaments and and come to watch Jamie and I play, and so you know you establish nice. these friendships and Never relationships. Know. And I was saying, okay? I, I was. I was, I was always wondering why uh, tour players weren't as nice in pro-ams. You never know who you're going to run into. Absolutely. Some captain of industry, and it comes out. All right, that's Conrad Schindler, the great Conrad Schindler. Did a great job today. We're out at Crest Cars in Frisco. Up next, we mix with one of Conrad's best friends. We'll talk to him next. Wow. That was one heck of a sta- save by our engineer, Kern. Top-notch. 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 I'm trying to unplug my laptop. <coughs> And the power strip turns off, and he gets it on right when Jay brings us back. That is genius. Well, that was a fun show today. Big thanks to Conrad Schindler for popping on, filling in for Craig. Glad it's always to be fun, here. always always entertaining, and and uh, always learn something. And that's what I think life's all about. So, uh, happy holidays to you. Likewise. Best wishes next year. Thank you. Go kill it. Uh, Seventeen weeks at uh, four thousand. Make at least quadruple that that's the plan i think that'll work right uh also current out of your engineering fine job as always happy holidays to you back at the station jay bell jay king what am i thinking you got and, it. Uh, jay bell the former pirate samuel hale yeah that too good callback thank good you Good callback by the way i'm old and thanks to crest cars for their hospitality next week we will be at uh, classic bmw in plano and without further ado we bring on Eli Jordan, who caddied for Conrad Schindler. Wow. I did. I did. How was your grade? Did you ever grade him? Did I grade Eli? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of personal. We Is won't. he worth 1500 a week? <laughs> I mean, he has his moments. <laughs> oh, I didn't like Whoa. that delay. You know what? I'm he, kidding. He, he didn't Matt Hoocher me. <laughs> I will tell you, even if you play a lot of golf, having that translate to being a caddy is no easy easy deal there's so many other things you have to learn and you're worried about everybody else i remember i was uh catting for todd hamilton in a um just the pro-am and i was i was trying to make sure his towel was wet enough and this in the meantime his clubs are falling out of the bag because it, it kind of tipped over on my shoulder Boy, i bet he gave you some grief yeah <laughs> yeah he's not easy he's one of those now i don't i don't know if you have a kind of a persnickety little behavior todd will not let you touch his club no do not pull that club out of the bag for, not, for you for, and him, no, I, I'm fine. I could care less. Yeah, Todd, it's actually don't even don't, don't even look at it. Don't even don't even look at him. It's like you're a non-entity. But Todd, uh, if you're loving, if you're listening, we still love you. Yeah, we do. But that's I'm hey, sure that's, there's a that's lot of my other fellow sooner crazy. there. You're talking about. Well, I I, I didn't see anything bad about him. You I, love Todd. I, 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 yeah, I, I, and he would admit that that's one of his little little behaviors that uh, just don't mess with it, and we'll be fine. I can tell you that there's nobody currently speaking that has a claret jug. True. Not even a fake one. No. No. It's no. Drop. <laughs> so uh so you so you did it all gratis that week, right? Yeah, what'd you Eli? pay Eli? Did you give him anything for caddying for you? Give him a sleeve him, of balls I mean, or he I got him a thing of trail mix at the turn, some yeah. water. Some naked lady teas. So you overpaid. That sounds perfect. That Not looks overpaid. good on you no, though. Just, just right <laughs> oh, what a hat. Bowl of soup with that hat. So in the Corn Ferry is at Texas Rangers next year. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. You're going to go out to bid on who's going to caddy? or 
Uh, do you have a? Do you have a? a right now, right I, don't, now? I don't have a normal caddy right now. But Eli? Um, hey, I mean, there's always hey, tryouts. Hey, whoa! Don't don't put him. Don't throw him in the grease. Does that mean here? you're trying to get rid of him there? No, at AG? Yeah. Okay. no. I'm just no because I think it would be a great story. Donovan might we're, want to do it. We're always looking at new yeah, uh, Donovan, new editorial. So would there if in a in a in this type of event, would you have to school Eli a little bit on things that don't throw your wheels off? Because he's not doing if, it on purpose, if, obviously. No, absolutely. And and that's and that's what's hard to con- – and, like, I told him, like, hey, if I tell you to do something, I was like, don't take that as, like, me being a jerk. Um, but I but, you know, it's Yeah. You know, I, I can't help that. But, you know, it's it's just – you just want to make sure – because to me it's really not – it's really hard to bother me. Um, it's more about just making sure that the guys we're playing with, you want to make sure that – you know, yeah, they, shooting their they wheels get, off. Because I've I've had it happen before where I've uh, had had buddies caddy or even I've had real caddies that um, were Whoa, disrupting okay. the other guys. Real caddies? No, 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 no. I, that's not what I. That's <laughs> not. Yes, yeah. exactly not what he meant. I met someone. Right, that, I met someone that goes, going not poser, no poser. Someone this that goes, does it for a living. Someone that goes week to week and does it for a quote unquote living. Professional that, like, they've actually. They've actually been like messing up the other guys in the group, and it's just—it's really because not I, a stars game, buddy. That kind of crap gives me anxiety if if my caddy is yeah. disrupting the other guys and I, protecting just, the field. Yeah. Okay, so I was asking uh, Samuel Hale this earlier. You guys can pipe in because you guys have covered multitudes of events, mm-hmm. Ty and Eli. We were trying to rate in order the best and worst media food. <clears throat> I heard this, and I think I kind of agree with what <clears throat> Sam said. Cowboys okay. are definitely the Cowboys top. are the Cream of the crop, head man. and shoulders above Absolutely. everybody else. Absolutely, Jerry does they, the media they, right. They have a gelato station. Gelato, okay. not not. And they don't charge, oh, right? Gelato. They do not charge the media at, at Jerry World. No, right? they do not for a cowboy game. No, and there's tons of food. It's and, it's out, and they replace it like at halftime. It's different food. How about the? It? How about liquor? Any Dimaggio sticks there? No, no they do not that's the one down downfall. No, after the game. <laughs> They uh, crack open the Bira if you want yeah, to go like, up there. If the like David tap, Moore's up, they'll tap the keg. Yeah, David Moore's up okay. there knocking out a story, and he's getting you know three sheets to the wind. And I mean, oh, boy, honestly, if, if, if you have to watch Jason Garrett coach, you need to get drunk as you're trying to <laughs> trying to Maybe write not up that for long. story. You're gonna dry out pretty quick. I have a feeling after about four more games. Okay, and uh, Eli, what do you think? Or you didn't go through the other three. Uh, so Cowboys first. I prob- Man, I, I don't really don't want to put anybody on blast here. I mean, but yeah, I mean, obviously the Cowboys are far and away number one. And it, and granted, it's only once a week or once every two, three weeks. I'd probably say star second because I haven't really. When, I know Sam said Ranger second, but I've never bought the meal there, the buffet meal. We're at the Rangers, right? yeah. It's it's okay. I mean, I mean it's, if you like, I mean, I guess it's in, cafeteria food. It's mass quantity. Uh, I'm a you, trash compactor, so that's why. I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's I just about anything. Uh, but yeah, and Mavericks are last because Cuban makes you p- pay for the pregame for a meal hot dog. to get a hot dog. Yeah. What dog? Yeah. A hot dog we used to get me? free, by yes. the way, yes. and then they changed it mid-season. Right. That's be- that's how he became a billionaire. Nerlens Noel's way. down there just hammer him at <laughs> halftime. And, yeah, yeah, I got more rebounds than he did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hauling in more boards in Nerlens, and I'm not even getting a free dog out of the deal. <laughs> All right, how about college? Mm, uh, you know, I haven't. I haven't done been a bunch to, of college yeah, games. I yeah, can't, Sam can't speak uh, on that. I'll, I'll tell you this much: there, there are high school games that I've covered yeah, that have Eli better spreads yeah. than than the Mavericks. Uh, but sure. Kern, you did the SMU. SMU is good, but there's some colleges that 
I've fl flown to that are far and away will blow away the Mavs. Mavs? They will blow them away. Well, it sounds like anything anything is great. Is sounds it, like a, the a Cumulus Cafe is better than anything the Mavs <laughs> Cumulus <have>. Cafe. <laughs> Cumulus <laughs> Cafe. Cumulus Cafe. Rates just above the Mavs or just below? Above. Oh, Memphis way roll. above. It's three Give steps barbecue above. barbecue and then replace it. That's I was wondering about level. that because back in the day they didn't charge anybody. Back when I was a, a young reporting cub, cub reporter. Now they're they got to recoup that money. I don't think you you can't expense that, can you? Cubans you worth four and a half you billion dollars. <laughs> you can't you can't even get a dog. Throw me a dog, man. Yeah, one right. dog. Well, okay. what's one? Hey, that gets there's plenty popcorn. of free popcorn though. Flat, flat soda. The it's map. probably last year's popcorn. Now they <laughs> give you free popcorn. Wow, that's that's going over the top right there. Ty, I told Eli that I wanted to. Eventually, I wanted to do a remote. I'd, I'd somehow pay for it, have you guys right in my kitchen, and then I'd just, like, make y'all Bloody Marys and pancakes and stuff. I'm in yeah. for And then just man. as long as every yeah, spot was, you know, it's Country Force live here in Conrad Schindler's Absolutely. Kitchen. Absolutely. Hey, let's see if we can recruit what are you Paloma to come over there and <laughs> yeah. cook us up some breakfast. Paloma. No, I, I'm going to do, do all the cooking. It's all going to be, I mean, I'm not that great at cook, but it's better than nothing, right? That, you can always order out. Absolutely. Bring in. There's a Whataburger like half a mile away. So. We can do a segment like they do on the Today Show or those morning shows where you've got the cook in there. And yeah. So what are we making this morning? Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, making some. Ooh, that looks oh, delicious. And here's they Gordon have, like, Ramsay. The 20-pound <laughs> <make us> <laughs> the uncooked turkey, and they put it in the oven, and yeah. then they go to the we, oven right next to it, and they're like, here it is. Magically here it done. Is. 12 hours later. Amazing. I'm down with that. So do you guys have good turkey, good ham, good whatever? Oh, yes. Yeah, not bad. I, the I full spread it. was... Excellent. Because I didn't have to cook it. It's perfect. Well, I'm always interested in the desserts. What were the desserts on your menu? Um, you know, my brother, who co he comes down from Kansas, and he's got this lady that she's a whiz when it comes to desserts. What, what are we laughing about? I heard somebody snickering back there. <laughs> What's going on? Not, she has, not, a, she has a lady. <laughs> he has a lady that makes desserts. Very special. That's all she does is just That's make desserts? That's all she does is drove down, dessert, drove dessert down lady. Kansas City, and he has a lady. There's right a the fruit and they're lady. tremendous. I need a dessert lady. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll give you his number, and she, you can call his You'll lady. Wait. Any yeah, I want your lady. No, I don't. I don't want sloppy seconds dessert whoa, lady. I want whoa. my Jeez. own dessert lady. Hey, We're having that. fun here, no? Jeez, God, I lady. Ty just said, fun more to get spend. His Jeez. number. Mm -hmm. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a dessert lady, but Ty just said, "I'll give you his number." Yeah. Uh, and he'll. He did. And then you can call my brother, and he'll get you in touch oh, with the call dessert your lady. Brother. Yes. I thought you were talking about the dessert lady. My bad. Well, you know, she. I thought you had the dessert lady. She's number. in transition, so she sometimes she's a what? he, sometimes she's a she. <laughs> This huh. just got aggressive. What? Yeah. what is happening? Yeah, I don't know. The dessert subject is kind of falling off the wayside. It really more is. interested in the subject here. <laughs> so what so, were the desserts? Exactly. They were what did the dessert lady present? There was apple. There was cherry. There was pecan. There Those was are fruit oh, desserts. Yeah. Well, they're pies. They're all different types pecan? of pies. Did you say pecan? Yes, pecan. Okay. They any, were all any pumpkin. Pumpkin pie. There was pumpkin pie. All right. Pie. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna pick. say it, pumpkin pie, spare. Um, it's not number one on my list. It's spare. Anything pumpkin it's is average. spare. Yeah, uh, I like good. it. Yeah, pumpkin I like it. Spice lattes and pies chocolate and fudge pie. That was good. Yeah, see that. See that's quality. <laughs> it is quality. I, I mean, a, I could I'm a big do fan a key of the uh, for Thanksgiving. I'd be, oh, I'd be yeah. Fine with that. Mm. I, I will say that the key lime pie is my number one pie. Nothing screams Thanksgiving like, like key lime. Mm. 
Well, we're not talking. So, about, we're just. I thought we were just having pie talk. We're, we're in the trust tree here now. Yeah. <laughs> just talking about our and favorite we're, pies. We're, we're, it's okay. We're in the trust tree. <laughs> yeah, we are in the trust tree, and we're and we're still on. Oh, time. come on now! <laughs> Jeez, what? They pulled the ripcord on us. Energy Mothership at Victory Plaza. Okay, bye. By AAC. This is Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM. The Ticket. KTCK AM Dallas Fort Worth. KTCK FM Flower Mound. A cumulus station.